It's time for Confessions of a Serial Salesman. Author, expert sales trainer, and serial entrepreneur Steve Noodleberg wants to help you change your life and your business using his 27 roles for influencers and leaders. This is the Confessions of a Serial Salesman podcast with Steve Noodleberg. Here's Josh Cohen. And welcome inside episode 22, Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the 27 Rules for Influencers and Leaders, the hardcover, the paperback, the podcast, the boot camp. We're coming off the boot camp, young man. And I heard it was huge, huge, huge. Lots of people. A lot of people. <laughs> Believe me, a lot of people. I heard there's a lot of people. You actually, that's a good, I, I do a, pre, I do a pretty good, pretty I do. Good. I um, o- overwhelmed would be the gratitude, um, gratitude, you know, the, the response from people in email, uh, Greg was there, which was, which was pretty Our cool. Our guest will introduce yep. momentarily was there but, um, on your, your boot camp. I love doing this podcast. I love the fact that it's like the clubhouse and we're just going to get together, shoot the shit, yeah. offer some stories and, yeah. you know, so I look forward to it, man. I get to see you once a week, Indeed. which is cool and, uh. I, you know, and living in Palm Beach, the, the heat is back, though. Yeah. It's, it's feeling like spring, summertime. It is. It is. Friggin well, you, you mentioned Boys Club, so let's get right at it. Our Good. guest today, uh, you actually met uh, boxing, right, during during boxing class or boxing workout. So here's a takeaway moment. Opportunities everywhere. All around you. I, uh, As people know and who have read the book, I, I took up boxing, and uh, my boxing trainer, who is a real connector in his own right, mm-hmm. said, you got to meet Greg Centineo. The Greg Centineo. The Greg Centineo. The chief inspiration officer at, ironically enough, or maybe by design, <laughs> Greg Centineo Incorporated. So it, the takeaway is you get introduced to people all the time. Most people don't do anything with it. And it took us a bit of time. You travel, you're back and forth to L.A., but we finally connected on social, mm-hmm. yeah. connected live at the boat show, and yeah. the plane has left. <laughs> the yeah. station and yeah. your, your wheels up now craig nice to have you yeah man thanks josh good to be here steve yeah man it's uh it was about a year i think when we That's first right. kind of, we did a class together and then um it took about a year to actually connect chief but, inspiration officer mm-hmm. uh, just by job title i know already that you are kindred souls yeah. kindred minds of entrepreneurial yeah. but outside of the proverbial box if you will so chief inspiration officer you're a dreamer but also a doer you think things up, and then you go and make them happen. You realize those things that Steve does like I do. Yeah, Josh. No, that's what we do, man. Inspiration is a big part of it. You know, that's why, you know, you, if you inspire people, I mean, real, not just motivate them. Mm-hmm. Motivate them is just, it's a good tool, but kind of motivation once they well, unplugged. Well, what's the difference to you? That's a great, that's well, a great point between inspiring and motivating, because we both use, we all use those terms all the time. To you, what is the difference between inspiring and motivating? Inspiration literally, literally connects a person with who they are, mm-hmm. kind of, Taps their soul, pricks their soul, if you would. All right. Uh, motivation is is when they're kind of plugged into you, and they're motivated. As long as you're around, insp- ins- motivating them to do things, and then the extension cord's not long enough. So uh-huh. as soon as they unplug, the battery drops. So you know that's why people show up at the gym January second, and uh, I can tell you by February fifteenth, the Those gym's empty are again. Gone. You know, not I have heard people describe motivation and inspiration never like that. And that's an ownable yeah, thing. Your face over here, because you always look for in the podcast what you call the aha moment. That was the aha moment. And you had a huge aha there. Because that happens a lot. You plug yourself into somebody, you suck them for all they got, 
And when they're gone, you got nothing left. Yeah. So that is a major distinction because motivation is, I think, temporary, temporary. and inspiration is forever. Forever, man. Once you connect, once somebody really oh, connects yeah. to their to their why inside themselves, that's it. That, that's the energy force. That's where it comes from. Huh. Everything. So that's why I'm a, I'm an inspiration officer. I'm not, you know, I'm there to really which tap is, in. Which is the, um, you know, uh, the second phase or the second uh, movie, if you will, because we'll talk about movies. Yeah. But, you know, we connected as, you know, I recommend to people all the time. He said, let's take it offline. Mm-hmm. We met first. We met in Delray. And I will tell you from the minute we sat down, it was bam, 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 bam. Listening to him, getting it. And, like, I'm hearing the story, on you know, un- unravel. And so many similarities, so many, not about business, n- nothing to do with business. It was kindred, as you said. We're getting along. I heard his story, what he did, who he did it with, you know, the obstacles he overcame. And by the way, that's the best way to know somebody who's truly successful is when they lead with, this is where it messed up. This is where it's bad. <laughs> not they, not pounding their chest and telling them, yeah. you know, look at me. <laughs> so, and, and he did that. Inspiration versus motivation. We're not even five minutes in and already we got an aha moment. Fantastic. Yeah. I, I always thought of inspiration. Can we drop the mic? You should. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm glad because I just always, for me, inspiration was getting people to think about the possibilities, getting them to, to, for them to pause and think, and motivate meant for them to actually act, to take motion, mm-hmm. movement, motivate, if you will. But the way that you explain it, boy, I guess I've been getting it wrong all these years. Or at least I wasn't completing the thought thereof. Well, you know, or, or new learning. You know, that's one of the reasons why I do the podcast, one of the reasons why I wrote the book. One of the reasons why you know the, all of the extensions of this work are I'm still a student. Yeah. I want to learn, and the time I spent with Greg, which you know has has multiplied quickly in terms of what we could do together, was all about wow. You know what? I'm a fan of the five people that I'm hanging out with. Mm-hmm. He's one of them. I'm hanging out mm-hmm. with him. I'm learning. I'm listening. I'm about. We spent. We, we said we were going to get together for lunch last Saturday. Yes, yeah. And he had worked out. I worked out in the morning. He worked out at like 11 or whatever. We got together for a, a shake at noon, uh-huh. 6.30. We're like, dude, Just man, like that. We yeah. even, we're, yeah. we're still in our gym club. Yeah. A lot of ground yeah. to cover. Yeah. So your, your background, your path is untraditional yeah. uh, for entrepreneurs and business and those who coach and advise in business mm-hmm. and personally. Uh, your background is, is in the faith, right? You come from a background within the church. Yeah, man. Josh, it, yeah, it roots back. It's very unorthodox, my background. Yeah, it, sounds it. Yeah, just. No, no pun intended. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> ah. There it is. Shalom. I love it. Mazel. Um, yeah, no, you know, it's actually just, it, it, it's the same, it's, it's the same philosophy or the same trajectory I started when I was 12, 13 years of age. Curious about why I'm here. Uh huh. You know, Forget, about, entre- right, forget right. about business, guys. Forget about entrepreneurship. The number one question that we should be posing ourselves the is, why, life. why am I here? Yeah, yeah. What, what's going on? I mean, stop and think about it. You know, and, and I started that at a very young age, and it led me into Bible college, man, because uh, by 23, 24, I was kind of you know, brought up in a Catholic background, but you know, threw that away quickly when there were no answers really and mm-hmm. and then moved into a christian background and then started to ask the right questions like how do i know what they're saying to me on the platform is even true right right i mean sounds good sounds great so i went into and went out just to, to find out for myself and study theology and while i was studying theology i got a call from a church in boca raton back in 1991 they said hey we're looking for a youth pastor you want to come down i said yeah give that a shot mm-hmm. Why not? And that was after cutting grass for about 10 years of my life <laughs> 
Really? Some people yeah. cut it. Some people smoke it. Yeah. Some, <laughs> some people sell it. Never smoke it. Just cut it. All right. Okay. And so somehow that led you to question, I guess, more than just why we are here, but what is possible in business and in life and in your own personal fulfillment. I think that's how all entrepreneurs, right? Because you question, well, isn't there a better way to do it? Isn't there a different way to do it? Well, you know, after you start to question why you're here, then you got to ask, who am I here with? And that's the second, and that's best, basically that's all it is in life is why am I here and who am I here with? It's people. So we're all here together. And I heard Tom Hanks say back uh, about 15 years ago, he said, yeah, why am I here? How am I going to get through it? And who am I going to get through it with? Mm-hmm. I thought that was profound, you know, profound. And I thought that's what it's all about. So in my bio, you always read what I've done my entire life is, is basically attract large numbers of people to common goals because whatever you want to do in this world, Go do it. Whatever you dream. I would say, nobody cares about your dream except you, for you. Right, right. So go do it because no one's going to do it for you. Problem. You can, you can always do good things on your own, really good things by yourself, but nothing of magnitude alone. So then you need others. So now you got to get people to give a shit about your dream. So that becomes an art mm-hmm. of how to get people to buy into your want. So, so is it an art or is it a gift? Because people ask all the time. Well, it starts with a gift. The gift is to understand it. But I right. think if anyone has a why, I mean, that's anyone. If you're, if you're doing dishes at a local restaurant and that's your why, then you're going to attract people to that why because you're passionate, you believe in it, you're confident. And people can tell. And people they, can tell. tell. Whatever you do in this right. world, if you're connected to your why, other people gravitate toward that because people are looking for something bigger than themselves. And you can't fake that. I mean, can't there's fake. no way to fake that. We talk all the time on the podcast about authenticity. Right. So you have to maybe not become passionate about what you do, but actually find what it is you're passionate about. Brilliant, Josh. Who you are. The journey in life has been led for eons externally. The true journey in life is to go inside yourself because it's you. Which scares the shit out of most people. Scares everybody because people don't even like themselves. And why, do you, why does that scare themselves? Because they hate themselves. People don't love themselves. They don't like themselves. They, you know, whatever the reasons for it. So guess what? The last person they want to be with is themselves. Mm-hmm. So they don't study who they are. They don't go deeper. Mm-hmm. They actually avoid it. Now today it's really convenient because we have earphones. You know, we play, we're always listening to something. Right. Always except for ourselves. To be alone with yourself. So vital. Now, you, you, this is about business, guys, because it's about life. And life is business, success. And that's how you can only do things with people. So when you find those things inside yourself and then begin to prod people to do the same, you convince people. I would say people don't, they say, well, what do you do when people don't like themselves? I go, I like them. Yeah. And then I, I love them. And then they kind of scratch their head after about three or four months and go, why does this guy like me? Mm-hmm. Like, what does he see? And they start to all of a sudden believe in themselves and think if he likes me and actually loves me and spends time with me, there's mu- maybe there's something about me that I'm missing. And so you begin to convince people to look inside. Now, all the projects that I've done, everyone always sees the success of those things, but I did it with people and, and people who believed in themselves. They didn't start out believing themselves. So if you can get people to believe in themselves, they will vibrate and perform at much higher levels. Which could be said of any walk of life, any, th- any team sport, any, anything like that. It's all that, you know, are we like-minded? Are we, fo- you know, following a similar? 
I, I would assume, right? Steve, I think great example is LeBron James. I think, and I will say this on air, I've never had a chance to say this on air, I think he's not only the greatest basketball player of all time, he's the greatest athlete of all time. Wow. Really? Yes, because we miss it. Everyone just look at stats. This is a guy who inspires people around him. Mm-hmm. How do you know that? He's been to three teams, Cleveland, Miami, Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Coaches, four or five different coaches, and yet has been to the finals how many consecutive years? Mm-hmm. You, you can't do that alone. So there's something about LeBron that people are missing. It's his leadership capabilities. He inspires those around them to believe in themselves. Man. And so that's... Which, which is true in the fact that the guys that got traded there were out of their minds mm-hmm. for the opportunity to play with a guy like that's LeBron. Right. I mean, they were like, wow, this is that's right. you know, pretty he, amazing. But he often feels to me as though he's lacking authenticity. When he's on social media and he's fishing for, oh, no, stay, we love you, we need you. Or when we get those passive-aggressive LeBron James typical where it's like he just he's a December 30th baby like me and he wants people to go, hey, you're important, please, we need. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes he, he's, he, he seems still like a young man. What is he, 33 years old now? No, he's, yeah, 33. Yeah. Wow. I mean, we forget he's still that's a young man. Yeah. 33, that's unbelievable. He's a boy. If I think about where I was at 33. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, but, but, Josh, you bring a good point up. I mean, we keep, every, not, not you, but particularly people like to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I, I told my kids this growing up. I said, I'm the nicest asshole mm-hmm. you'll ever meet. <laughs> Let's just get that straight. And I'll say it to the audience. I'm the nicest asshole, which means there's a balancing act to me. I'm an asshole. And I'm also really good at what I do. Mm-hmm. That's the juxtaposition of life. Even as a parent. As a parent. Even as a parent. Th- that was a big lesson for me early on. I wanted to be my, my kids to be my boys, my friends, you know, yeah. creating that, knowing that you need to be an asshole for them. Yes. Is, that's actually a big paradigm. Steve, yeah. they're going to be an asshole. Yeah. So be the nicest asshole. My sons LeBron. are both coaches, you know. Everyone looks at LeBron, same thing. LeBron's not perfect. Everyone thinks this, per, this thing of greatness is about really perfection. Well, Nothing to do with perfection. It has to do with the juxtaposition, the balancing of being, being bad and being good at the same time, and then acknowledging those two things because they, they coexist together. That's the key of loving yourself. See, people love themselves. They don't love themselves because they see the bad. Well, they think it's not going anywhere. It's part of who you it's are. It's part of who you there's are. A, there's a lot of really successful people who do not love themselves. And you see it, prim- I mean, comedy is fueled. I, I read the piece, I forgot who wrote it, and it said uh, comedians, the great comedians all reside at the intersection of self-doubt and self-loathing. And there was a street sign, and, 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 and I got to thinking back of all the comedians that I've had co-host my radio shows through the years, where you spend an hour together. And, and, and the great comedians, there is depression. There is suicidal thought. There is suicidal Robin action Williams. taken. Um, there is. So these folks are... The tears of a clown laugh at my pain. I don't know how else to go about that, but there's a lot of folks that that became super successful and they don't love themselves. Yeah, well, you know, success is we keep measuring success at being good at one thing. Mm -hmm. That's not necessarily success, and I'm not saying it's failure either. I mean, success is really if you business versus personal success. Yeah, I mean, there's a holistic approach. Lee Iacocca, when I read his biography back in the '80s, Mm -hmm. you know, he was massively successful, turning Dodge Chrysler around. But then if you look at his personal life, it was a complete disaster. Shambles, right? Shambles. So is that success? No. So we, we, we define, our definition of success, I believe, has to be really redefined now as a holistic approach to life. The balance of how you feel about yourself, how you feel about others. You know what's so interesting about that is that a lot of people see the work that I'm doing and think, oh my God, it's so great, you get to get up in front of people and whatever. They don't think that I deal with fear and doubt 
the oh, same boy. way I did in my whole life, and even maybe you know, ten times the amount of fear and doubt. Always, why would they want to hear me speak? What you know, all of those thoughts. I know I have them. I've learned. I've built a toolbox to overcome it. Right. But they are part of who human beings are. You know, we have fear and doubt, and yep. the best of the best. I think are the ones that have figured out how to deal with it. I think a lot of people that listen to the podcast, read the book, that bought the book, that got it on paperback, uh, they think of success as, as a number in, in the bank account, uh, a certain number of commas, um, a position, a title. Um, they think of where they're sitting on the aircraft as success. I got asked, I get asked all the time about success, about how to get there, or even what it is. Get there. And like I got, it's a destination. I, like, it, like it's a place. And I go, no, 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 it's not a, it's not a, you know, you get to a point. I said, to me, success is, Figuring out something that you just love to do and figuring out how you pay your bills doing it. Yeah. And then that's it. That's success to me. Yeah. And if you love growing pumpkins and you found a way to sell <laughs> pumpkins and keep the lights on, then you're successful in life because otherwise what's the point of any of this? So that's really hard, uh, which, you know, life is hard, but for, you know, when you create metrics of what mm-hmm. success is and you're brought up to say, right. well, my boat, my car, my house, mm-hmm. my all of the Free stuff, cars. all of the stuff, mm-hmm. you know, this career changed for me. And we talked about yeah. this on Saturday, you know, talk about being vulnerable. This is not the, the cash cow mm-hmm. that it was that I, you know, in my other businesses were much different in terms right. of mm-hmm. income potential. I'm, I'm startup. You helped me realize that the mentoring he did with me he goes, listen, you're in startup mode. Mm-hmm. You're just getting this training thing off the ground. You're just doing all that. Your thinking needs to change. You can't think like, you were, and success means different things. So, like, I go out to dinner with, with a, a friend of mine I hadn't seen in a while, and he writes me a thank you note and says, you know what? It's so great to see you totally doing what you're supposed to do. You're great at it. Every time I'm around you, I want more. And, you know, mm-hmm. like, what value do you put on that card? Yeah. You know, Shay, when we got that card, I read it. I, I like, was stunned because there's no check in there. You know? yeah. It's not like, Correct. okay, that equals this. Mm-hmm which everything else I've done in my career was go sell this. Right. And when you sell this, you get ding, ding, mm-hmm. right. ding, ding, ding. Right. It's not like that. Mm-hmm. There's so many different rewards, which certainly in your career, the ministry, you know, the stories you told me about Wizard of Oz, which you have to share, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Different, there, there are different successes being part of something, being, you know, giving back. All of those things have a value. So what is success? Am I wrong? No I, no, I think you're really right, Josh. I, I agree with that because it's I, it roots into yourself. It's finding out what you want to do and what that is and doing it. And like Steve, like I think one of the things that really we connected really deeply on was the fact that he's in a transition in his life right now because he decided not to keep doing what he was doing because he was no longer happy mm-hmm. at doing what he was doing, which he, was, he became very successful at right. and made a lot of money doing it. Right. But to be authentic. He had to follow that internal compass that said, I need you to jump <laughs> completely away from what you know to uh-huh. what you don't know. And, and, and all of the faucets are going to be shut off, including money, and go figure it out again at your age. That's power, man. That's life. That's success when you do it again. And you start, I told him you're on an island right now. But well, people normally do that when they have to. They don't normally right. decide voluntarily right. to do such. And we're in a different world, man. The millennials are proving this right now. We are in a different world, man. Your par- our parents that grew up in one job or two jobs, that's done. And by the way, who said that was right? Mm-hmm. It was just what we were, we were, it was the moray of our culture, and we, so we bought into it. I've been in 10 or 11 different industries, man, and each of them knowing nothing when I jumped into it. And I, I've done that my whole life because when I get bored, I'm done. 
and that's finished it. with it. I move on to something else. And you you mentioned Wizard of Oz, so let's get into that discussion about another leap, right? The Legends of Oz, this animated uh, sequel, I guess, to the uh, Wizard of Oz. The, yeah, it's a cool story. I, I, I just love talking about being curious about people and the journey. This was amazing. Share that story. What did you do? How did you do? But most importantly, why? Legends of Oz, Dorothy's Return, animate, 3D animated sequel to The Wizard of Oz, a cast, but it started out with a dream back in 2005, 2006. Very small independent production company in Los Angeles. Um, optioned the rights to nine books from the great-grandson. These were sequels and decided that we want to get into the animation industry. We want to stop making live-action films. We want to do animation. Now, that's a massive jump sure, because it's, it's pretty much monopolized by Disney, DreamWorks, and Pixar mm -hmm. and some small other studios, maybe Paramount, Universal here and there. And plus, it costs tens of millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. Hence why it, there's yeah. only a few people doing right. it. Right. It's yeah. only the best of the best, the wealthiest studios and in the world. And willing to put that kind of resource behind. $100, $200 million per film. So for that entrepreneur CEO of an independent production company to, to, to dream and follow that dream. That, that got my attention. They called back in 07 and, and kind of entertained me coming on board and helping them get this done. We were dealing with a lot of problems at that point. One, we, had, we were in a recession now. Mm -hmm. Real estate market was imploding. Banks were going bankrupt. Countries are going bankrupt. Um, and you guys want to make a sequel to a film from 1938. <laughs> 1938, yeah. 1939. But you want to do it animated in, in, in the 3D. Make it, and, and it makes perfect business sense. Doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. And from, a, from, a, from an independent studio that's never raised more than $2 million to do live action films. And they want to know why entrepreneurs drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really? All right, continue. Please. Think about that. And ultimately, we would need $122 million to do this. Mm -hmm. Now, add that onto your list. So it ain't going to happen. It's not happening. But um, after seven months of doing my homework and studying the animation industry, studying the, the brand of The Wizard of Oz, one of the greatest brands in the a world. Timeless today. global brand. Timeless. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And some people go, what's Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Right. Dick Van no one's watching that anymore. No. Sound of music. It's, you know. Mm -hmm. But The Wizard of Oz. Everybody watches. Everybody. Right, yeah. Keeps never stop. It doesn't die. Can't kill it. So. That got my attention. I said, why? Remember, everything for me goes back to the why. Why is The Wizard of Oz continued to flourish over 100 years? I mean, I watch it every year when it's on. Yeah. With commercials. <laughs> Just... It used to be CBS on, like, Easter Sunday. Easter right, yeah, Sunday. Right. It used to be, right? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I thought, you know what? I woke up and I, I, I every night, and I just think, I got to do this, man. I got to take, I, I felt it in my gut. My internal compass, which I trust. More than your head, more than your heart. More than my head and my heart. Uh, we've what what about do I say that? every yeah, week? Yeah. What yeah. do I say every chance I get? Don't listen to your head, mm -hmm. it'll lie to you. Don't listen yeah. to your heart, it'll lie to you. You know what won't? Your gut. Your gut. And if you go back to any, any religion, it always talks about the gut. The gut. What are you feeling? Yeah, you feel it. You know, when you, listen, when your girlfriend or your boyfriend breaks up with you, we're, we're, your head doesn't hurt, your heart doesn't hurt, you say your heart hurts, you've got to go to the bathroom all the it's time. It's your gut. Right? It's your gut. Yep. You can't eat. You can't, you know, yeah. it's, it's a, that's where it is. This yep. is where the soul is, man. So follow it. So I followed it, man. And uh, I had to, you know, everyone thinks that I, we ended up raising $122 million, almost 1,500 investors during the recession. I, I never did that before. I never did animation. I never raised any funds. Uh, I had to figure it out every day. I had to wake up and think, how am I going to do this? As a matter of fact, I would tell the team, don't even count. I don't even want to know. Why? Because if even we raise $2 million, it's, it's a drop in the bucket. Mm -hmm. I can, it's like it's, it's going to be discouraging to me. It's a big bucket. Big bucket. 
But the powerful part about that for entrepreneurs out there or business leaders is wasn't even the fact that we raised all that money. It wasn't even the fact that we launched the franchise worldwide and were, was a wide release domestically. Spent $32 million in prints and advertising, came out of 4,000 screens domestic. Had 3,700 revenue streams. Our, our toys and dolls are still sold on, online. Um, it was the fact that I really coined it, the, the, the greatest accomplishment of that project, at least for me, was how I, how I inspired people to actually join me before we raised the money. Mm. That, that's when yeah. I started, when I deconstructed that project, which I do, every project, years later I will deconstruct it and pull out the gold. And the gold is, what did I learn? Because there's not all gold. Not all gold. No, Never is. No, Never it's, is. it's a juxtaposition. Right. Like I say, everything in life, listen, by the way, if you don't fail, you're not going to succeed. So everybody out there that doesn't want to fail, you, you're done. I'm just going to tell you, just right. give up right now. Go hang out the pool. But Pixar's never failed. You, t- you mentioned them earlier. Uh, they've never failed. They're the only uh, studio, and I know they're a rival studio in this instance, but you mentioned them. They've never failed. Well, they themselves. Here's the thing. Disney has, Apple has, but they haven't. Yeah, Pixar, well, the day will come, but failure is not just about it a catastrophic failure, right? Mm-hmm. They Pixar failed all along the way. We, Our old studio, the second project we did was the Michael Jackson hologram, by the way, the billboards. But we had the studio, the old um, Lucas studio, and mm-hmm. that's where Pixar started. I actually went into the room where they actually were drawing the Pixar stuff on the walls, and that's where it actually began. Pixar had a tremendous amount of failures in the beginning trying to, trying to br- bring in digital animation. Really? Remember that? Yeah, it was, trim- it was you know, st- Jobs finally bought them, mm-hmm. and they got thrown out of the Lucas studio because he was so cantankerous. Right. And they, br- they threw him out in the back, and he took Pixar, and, and there was trial and error. No one ever, see, you'll never hear the mistakes. Not because they don't want you to know them, but because nobody wants to hear mistakes. They just want to see the, the That's success. another perfect example, Jobs. I mean, you know, he changed the way people live. He changed behavior, but died a miserable, you know, lonely guy, you know. I mean, that guy screwed his best friend. Where's your value situation? You know, yeah. Where, you, know. Well, you know, I say three books, Steve. I always tell people, they say, what books do you recommend? There's not one how-to book I ever recommended because the how is up to you. Stop reading everybody else's how-to because even if I told you how right. you I did that project, it, out on your own. it was contextual. It was back historical, 2007, 2013. And everything's changed. Everything's changed. So why am I going to tell you how? But if, you, if I tell you why, that's what doesn't change. The three books I recommend to people is Steve Jobs' biography because that guy did impossible things mm-hmm. and had a high level of excellence. Um, Pour Your Heart Into It by, um, um, oh my gosh, uh, Howard Schultz. Okay. CEO, Starbucks. president, uh, and chairman Starbucks. of Starbucks. Starbucks. He took Starbucks, came into Starbucks before they were selling coffee. They just sold beans and tea. And he turned that into a trillion-dollar industry and changed the world. And then Einstein, the, um, the book uh, written um, by Isaacson, just came out on, uh, I think, Netflix called Genius. If you read those three books, mm-hmm. that's enough. I haven't read any of them. So You'll learn your why. People You'll learn your why. People will know their why. Struggle. It's all passion. Not, not how, because it's not all contextual. How. It's all contextual. And, and, and with Einstein, it's you know, 80 years ago. We won't reply to you anyway. It, but they'll learn their They'll learn, their they'll why. learn the why. You know, Einstein was disruptive. He was divergent. And he was ostracized in his industry because he thought differently. Sound familiar? We want to, you want to be different in this world? Genius, are, genius is difficult. Genius is difficult. To it's, be it and be around it. To be both, right? Yeah. Yeah. So wow. Those are inspirational wow. books, man. I've read more biographies in my lifetime. I just want to know how, if, and I realize this, everyone's going through the same shit. Mm-hmm. It's not different. Without a doubt. I mean, for, for me, I'm having the best time of my life. It doesn't match up with what I 
thought the business would look like yet. Right. And so that's my own brain messing with me. Yep. Going, you know, you suck. You're right. Like, wow, you you're know, a failure. Right. Yeah. Really. And, and the, everybody around me goes, dude, you're really killing it. Right. I'm going, well, by whose standard, you know, it's. But you figured out something you loved. I love. And it. now you're figuring out how to pay the bills doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at the end, I mean, I would imagine this existence of ours isn't based upon who can accumulate the most wealth, the highest title, the most followers on Instagram. I imagine it's did you have a really, really good time as much as you could, and did you enrich in, in, in the lives of others and help make the lives of others better? And if you did those things, I think that's that. Then you nailed it. You need to write a book. He, uh, I'm gonna. He's, yeah, I'm gonna. You he's need been to write a book. So great. Yeah, the stuff that he's. We yeah. should actually do this, Shay. We should actually go back yeah. and listen to all of the podcasts. I'm going to, but I'm a dreamer, but I'm a dreamer, not a doer. I never follow through. I don't follow through. <laughs> well, wait a minute. But it's a team. Yeah. See, because you know, everyone thinks I'm an accountant. I'm not an accountant. Everyone thinks I'm a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer. I, I don't know. I don't like that stuff, and I don't want to look at it. But I bring on people to do that. Ah, gotcha. I want my dream. My your, as dreamers, our job is to get others to believe in the dream. Hey, if I believe that mountain should move into the ocean, mm-hmm. what do I do? I get a wheelbarrow and shovel. I start. Yeah, shoveling. people say, "What are you crazy?" You know, all of a sudden somebody comes along and somebody comes along, and right, they say, "What are you doing?" Fascinating. Right? What are you doing? Right. I'm moving the mountain to the ocean. What do they ask? The next question. Why? Yeah. I tell my why. Some people pat me in the back and say, "Good luck." Some say, "You know what? You can't." I'm going to grab a wheelbarrow and a shovel and help you. And that's how you move. That's how you t- turn dreams into reality. You will it into existence, Josh. So it's your dream is great, man. But then you got to get others to believe in it, and then well, you we, do have a following. I mean, there's no doubt that oh, for you know, sure. when yeah. you. No. When you come up with ideas, they are fascinating, and that's why I, st- I, I am you. curious by nature, like you two fellas. I am a thinker. I wonder why are we here? What are we supposed to be doing? What happens when we die? What's out there? What's all this about? And the answers I start to find is that we are all connected. Forget your thousand uh, sh- thread sheet count uh, and your Egyptian cotton. <laughs> We're a quazillion thread count blanket of humanity. Yeah. We're all connected. We're all in this together. Mm-hmm. And if you just figure out something you love, figure out how to pay the bills and do it, and make the lives of others better along the way, and if you have fun every day, if you enjoy every day, then what's a better life than that? So that's simple, not easy. Yes. Because the correct. world is programming you like you're walking against the, the tide. Like, mm-hmm. what, what do you mean? Shouldn't everybody be finding their why and yeah. find this bliss? And, you know, and it's just not reality. So it's. Uh, Craig says, find the why. The lesson of the day really today is find the why. He's so much fun to be around. Yeah. You know, just one of the greatest things about what I do is who I get to do it with. And, you know, that we're dreaming up some great stuff. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, it, it's just, I'm so blessed Look, for having it. If anyone can spend, you know, 30 minutes uh, around someone and feel like, ooh, there's a life lesson <laughs> or, ooh, there's a tenant for, you know, my existence. Well, then that's a pretty good half hour. And we just mm-hmm. did that for everyone that listened to this podcast. So we, when we had lunch, the the lady at the next table, I couldn't see her, but I was told afterwards, was leaning over and winking and shaking her head. She was listening to our conversation yeah. going, something special is happening. She, was learning. she yeah. was learning. She was growing. Yeah. Great. All great. Right? I mean, it was great stuff. Yeah. Michelle yeah. told me, she goes like, that lady was so engaged in our conversation. Yeah. And, and people are dying to hear this stuff. You know what I mean? They, yeah. they, they'll hear it on a podcast or they hear it at a restaurant and, and listen. And that, that's inspiration. The ground is so dry for most people. And that's, I think, my life purpose has, has been for most of my life is to kind of water. Let's just water people, man. Let's did an awesome fertilize job, them, man. Did an awesome Greg Centineo oh, is the uh, chief him out. inspiration officer, Greg Centineo Incorporated. Thank you, brother. It was fantastic. Thank you, Josh. It was a Steve, pleasure. Sincerely. Awesome. Uh, Steve, you don't ask people how you doing. Those throwaway terms. Nobody cares anyway. What do we do? We ask them to tell us something good. And every week you do just that. You had your boot camp. 
What else? Tell us something good, Stevie. So you know how I live a life of gratitude and attitude giving, of gratitude. giving back. Um, I follow Facebook, and everybody's got their tale of woe. Uh, a girl I went to high school with, um, I saw yesterday on Facebook that she was diagnosed with uh, stage three carcinoma, mm-hmm. and her bills, she, her financial situation, she can't handle it. So I instantly jumped in and you know went to her GoFundMe page, and you know thankfully whatever resources I have, I'm bringing to her, but. All of us know somebody that is fighting a battle. Yep. And what something the something good today is, we can all do something about we it. We can all do something. Yeah. It and it, even if it's just a little bit, go out, get off your ass, and do something about it. And if you got two bucks, but you know that they need six more, you know three people right. that got two bucks each. And so I'll be sharing it on my that. Facebook page and all my social media. Uh, Bonnie, if you're watching this or paying attention... I love you. I'm praying for you, and you know all Amen. of us are. So, Amen. You know, it's a fight. So, thank you, Greg Centineo. Stevie, we should do this again sometime. I, I love it. Come, want to want to try again for the Michael Jordan 23? We we have a great guest next week, number 23. Ooh. The uh, a another female entrepreneur, fantastic, who uh, gave me uh, the best banking advice I've had in my career. So and then we'll do it again. You just heard. Yeah. Spoiler so, alert! Yeah. It's happening again. Yeah. Listen for Steve <laughs> Noodleberg, Josh Cohen saying thank you for listening. To this edition, and of the man Ken and Ken Levick, of stable on the ball, baby, of a serial salesman. <laughs> the podcast, and we'll see you next time for Magic Number Twenty Three. So long, everybody.